Welcome back to the latest edition of the Red Bird Report. I am your host, Jake Summersheim, and with me I have Scotty Prerost. How's it going? We got a bunch of ISU women's basketball to talk about. Um, they kind of surprised some people and won the MVC tournament. I I don't know if you were expecting that, but I was not really expecting them to to win like they did. Um, you were there. What, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, you made a good point. I mean, going in, they had that rough stretch, but earlier this season they had a rough stretch and they bounced back with eight straight. So I figured anything could happen, but like, I've talked about it in a couple of the articles I've written that their defense was just unbelievable. They only allowed, I believe it was like 50 points a game or something like that. It was some crazy number there that they allowed, and that's ridiculous considering they allowed 63 a game in the regular season. They upset the number one seed, Southern Illinois, who they were swept by, and they upset the number three seeded uh, Northern Iowa Panthers, who they were also swept by in the regular season. So they just they completely turned around their season over that uh, three day stretch there in the NBC tournament. It was, it was, and Juju Redmond is insane. She played at an extremely high level throughout the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Over the tournament, they gave up 52 points, 42 points, and 48 points, which that's fantastic. From I mean, they were a, a good defensive team throughout the year, they didn't give up. I mean, besides, if you take away like Drake, Drake was embarrassing. The second UNI game. The Valpo game, they gave up 80, but, like, there's not really a whole bunch of giant numbers on the defensive end. But, and they were still able to to play better than their season average, which was which was great. Which You mentioned it. They were a streaky team. They lost four out of their last five coming into the tournament. And uh, I thought maybe they could have some sort of run with how – I mean, there's been, like, what three four times this season where they streaked for either four wins or four losses in a row yeah i would there's been multiple times i mean they started they started off the season i think it was like three and six or something three and eight i don't even know what it was, it was conference play so they were really struggling they had some tough competition they were going up against but uh they they definitely bounced back especially when conference play first started they won like i think their first seven games they started off conference play 11 and 2 before that four game losing streak so they've had their streaks and they've shown their potential all season but i think they really just showed it at the perfect time they were in that weekend at hoops in the heartland mm-hmm. and uh they had four four different streaks of four wins or four losses in a row yeah that's that's interesting um like you said, they beat Loyola Chicago in the first round pretty easily. They were up a ton after I can't remember like sixteen to four. Yeah, they were up sixteen to four, and that was actually pretty much the whole difference as they won by sixteen. Um, and Southern Illinois, they had to fight a little bit more. Ended up winning by eight. And in that U and I game, I wasn't able to watch it because it was on ESPNU, and I only have ESPN Plus. But listening to Greg Hallblight announce that game was. Low-key spectacular. He did a great job, but um, it won 50-48, to 48 and there was there was a lot of times throughout that I did not think there was any chance they were going to win. I was like, this is where you and I runs away with it. I mean, they were up uh, six at one point in the third quarter. I don't know, maybe it was even as late as the fourth quarter now that I'm thinking about it. Well, they, they start off the game up 10-2, to two, and I thought it was just going to be another one of those games because throughout the regular season they really struggled to get off to strong starts, but they started off the game up 10-2, and then you and I went in a 9-2 to two run to end the quarter, and then they won the second quarter 16-10, to 10, so they were up uh, 5 going into half, and then 
like you said, the third quarter they got out to a little bit of a lead there, and they started bouncing back. And then the fourth quarter, the, the I thought it was pretty much sealed the way that you and I was playing. They came out hot, and then they were up uh, 48-42 with just over five minutes left. And at that point, I just I didn't really know what to think. I mean, the way that they were playing defense and the struggles they were having offensively, it didn't look like they had any chance. But then somehow they didn't allow a single point the final 520 of the entire game. You've got to give a lot of credit to Maya Wong and Kate Bowman there. They played some great defense. And then Juju Redmond took over once again, hitting a couple big shots, put back a layup, put him up 49-48 with like a minute left, and then Deanna Wilson made a free throw to make it a two-possession game before Maya Wong got that final stop. That was a phenomenal game to watch. They That was some great defense, which is great basketball to watch. Yeah, like you said, uh, five minutes, no points for you and I, which is – which really, if you're the United coach, I look back on that. And I'm thinking, boy, we should have won that game. If you're if you're not scoring for the last half of the first quarter, because at five nineteen they were up, they were up by six, forty eight, forty two, and they'd already scored eleven yeah. points that quarter. Uh huh. And Crompton, I think she hit the three, got it within three, and then ISU just came back, and it's not like ISU scored an insane amount that quarter. They finished with fourteen. Yeah, what's crazy to know, I didn't even realize this until just now, actually. That three by Mary Crompton down six when he, she hit that, that was her one and only shot of the entire game. That was the only shot she took? She was one for one from the field with that three-pointer. That was her only shot she took all game. And in the press conference, Juju Redmond was saying that she had hoped that Mary Crompton would take 15 shots a game. She wanted her putting the ball up anytime she had even the tiniest bit of space. But, I mean, all weekend, in the first game against uh, – Loyal. Loyal is starting to make it a little bit of a comeback, and then Mary Crompton hit an and one three to seal the game. Again, Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois once again was making a little bit of a comeback. Mary Crompton hit a three to seal the game, and then right there she got a three to get him right back in the game before Junior Redmond took over again. Surely, I'd say Mary Crompton did not have a good weekend. She only had five made shots. Um, on how many shots did she take? She took fourteen shots, so she was five of fourteen. But it seems like all the shots she took were big time threes that like that's, really helped out ISU. That's what we talked about in the press conference. I mean, I was telling, I was asking coach about it, and she, she was saying like we have a lot of faith in Mary, and yeah, she wasn't having a great day, but she designs the plays, and she against uh, Southern Illinois and against you and I, she said that she had drawn up that play, and she knew if they gave Mary even the slightest bit of space, she was gonna put that up, and it was going to go in. And so they have a lot of confidence in her, and I mean, rightfully so, she's. The first, I believe it was the first Redbird to make 60-plus three-pointers in three straight seasons. So she has a lot of uh, firepower there for that offense. Yeah, she's definitely uh, – she can blow it down from pretty much anywhere. Um, something I thought was interesting is ISU started – it's pretty much the whole weekend. They started the quarters really poorly offensively. Like, there were stretches – where it feels like the first five minutes they would get maybe one to three buckets at most. And then towards the end is when they would start getting Juju Redmond open and start getting Deanna Wilson, which Deanna Wilson had a great weekend also. She had – Besides that last game, but that's because foul trouble, yeah. she couldn't play a whole lot. so that, She had two double-doubles, though, in the first yeah. two games, 12 and 10, and then I want to say 11 and 10. I believe that's right, yeah. Um, so, like, that's a really good combo right there for ISU if they can get – Redmond, Wilson, and Crompton going this weekend, which we should transition to this now. ISU will face up against number two Iowa. They come in as the 15 seed. Um, it's 
It's a tough task. It's a tough, tough matchup. We, uh, I interviewed some of them after the selection show. I mean, Coach Gillespie obviously knows how high-powered of a team that Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes are. Caitlin Clark, she said her plan is to guard her from the minute she walks into the gym because I don't know if you guys have watched her at all, but she can shoot from just about anywhere on the court. So that's going to be hard to stop. They have a post player who's averaging over 21 a game, but it's definitely going to be a tough task. And I talked to Juju Redmond about Caitlin Clark, and she believes that she can score just as high of a clip as Caitlin Clark if she really wanted to. So I guess we'll see how that works on Friday. Yeah, Juju Redmond, uh, leading scorer in the NBC. Caitlin Clark, leading scorer in the Big Ten. It, it's going to be a tough matchup. Caitlin Clark is borderline unguardable. She can put it up from the logo. She she's got Curry range basically. She I've seen crazy shots from her. She's on she doesn't all care year. at all. She's yeah, no, she will pull up from anywhere. Um, interesting connection though on ISU's team to Clark. Um, Lexi Kadelka and Mary Crompton both played with her on AAU. And Lexi Boyles was on the same high school team. Yeah, Lexi Boyles was on the same high school team. Yep. Um, so like, I don't know. There's some familiarity there, but I'm I'm sure that it's not going to be a walk in the park still. I would say ISU's best bet is that Caitlin Clark has a very off game because if she can't score, they do have that post player who can score over 21. Like I said, but I have a lot of faith in Kate Bowman. She's played some, I know she hasn't gone up against a competition like this, but she has played some incredible defense all season. Coach has talked about how she believes Bowman should have won Defensive Player of the Year in the MVC, but she can. she's guarded one through five all year, and she can continue to do that. But like I said, I think for this matchup, I think Bowman's going to be on uh, their post. Her name is Monica Ginano. Part I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but I believe I did. And then I think they'll put Maya Wong on Caitlin Clark, and then everyone else will match up, but... Like you said, it's, it's a tough matchup. I mean, Caitlin Clark's nearly unguardable, so they just have to hope something goes their way throughout the game. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's a tough task. You have two players averaging above 20 points a game, another averaging 11 points a game. Um, I, it's going to be tough for ISU. They're going to have to play the best defensive game of the season. And then uh, – who will they play if they go on and win? I, I can't remember who else is in that bracket. I uh, haven't actually looked at it. 15-2, um, and two, I think you usually go up. You should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. So they will play the winner of Colorado and Creighton. I definitely knew that. Creighton sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you can beat Iowa... Anything can happen, I think, at that point. If you can shut down the leading scorer in all of NCAA, anything can happen. I think some of the – that's my one knock. I don't want to knock on Iowa too hard. I would say that's my one knock because you did talk about they have the 27, 21, and 11. But outside of that, they have a little bit of scoring everyone else. But, like, I think that some of the other teams in the uh, country are a lot more balanced offensively. Yeah, for sure. Get scoring from everyone else. Because, like, once you get past those 20-point scores and 11-point scores, their next best average is six a game, or seven a game, actually, excuse me. Um, so I don't know that they're, most, like you said, not the most balanced offensive team. They're still averaging, like... Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from them. They're, you said, I think, 80 before the game, 84. right? 84.5 a game, they're allowing opponents to score 70. So they have... So the defense... That's a... It's a 13.7 scoring margin. That's a little key. That's pretty decent. Yeah. 
definitely. It's like I know we see it a lot, but no, it's not going to be an easy weekend for the Redbirds. They let teams only shoot at thirty nine percent clip, thirty percent from three point range. I feel like guys, you could up that number if they, uh, like we said, get Crompton going. Maybe see Juju pull up some more, but I don't know. Juju doesn't really pull up as much as she used to. I feel like yeah, she shot. She like no avoid shooting three pointers. She she knocked down one three pointer I think, and it was against Southern Illinois. She kind of just threw the ball up. It bounced on the rim like four different times, and then went in. But she, outside of that, she likes that mid range and driving. She hit two. She hit both the shots she took against Loyal, and then I won't, and then it looks like she didn't take another three pointer the rest of the. So maybe yeah, maybe it was Loyal that she had that bounce. I can't remember which game it was. And then I talked about her a little bit, but Maya Wong, she's going to be a big part of this because she took it to a different level in that championship game. She had scored 13 points in the first two games combined, and she scored 15 in the championship game. So she's going to be a big part of whether or not this team can uh, continue to score at a high level. I feel like she didn't really – I might be wrong here because I wasn't really paying attention to her until she got up to 13. Plus, I didn't have, like, the actual video to watch the game. But – um it seems like she wasn't really doing a whole lot until, like, in second quarter, start of third quarter. It was right around – it was mostly the third quarter. I, th- I think she only had, like, two or four points, and then I don't think she even – she might have had two points in the fourth quarter, but I, she had a dominant stretch at the end of that third quarter there where she just was driving on anyone and putting up shots, and she was making them, so. Which is really probably why ISU won is because she got hot. I, th- I agree. The, I mean, at the end. Juju Redmond had talked about it. I talked to her. She said that she told – uh Maya to go as hard as she could for 10 minutes, and when she can't go anymore, she'll take over from there. And So, I mean, it worked out. She definitely gave it her all on both sides of the floor. Like I said, she played some phenomenal defense there. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else about women's basketball, do you? I don't believe so. Just, like we said, it's going to be a tough game, but anything can happen in March. We will be there live covering it. Um, Scotty and I and our photo editor, Alex Gant, will all be there Friday. Um but there is another thing I feel like we should talk about before we get off. ISU has hired two head coaches in the past two weeks. Um, I I think we talked about Peyton briefly in our Arch Madness one. Um, but we had the press conference on the Monday after Arch Madness. Like we said in that podcast, he was hired direct, like pretty much as soon as the game 15, was ended. Yeah, it was it was very quick. Um, I don't know if you have any first impressions about him since you didn't go to the press conference. I just, from everything I've seen, it, it looks like he wants to win, which is what ISU fans and players want. So, I mean, he's definitely making a good first impression. He wants to win. Um, something I thought was interesting, which I could see ruffling some feathers if people really, really overthink about it, but he basically said when asked about the players – that were recruited by Mueller and his staff, he basically said that if they don't want to be here, the door's that way. I mean, he didn't really say it like that, but he basically said that he wants to coach players that want to be here and have the same like mentality as him, which I, I actually liked a lot. I get the 100%. I mean, why would you want to coach somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. want to be playing for you or doesn't want to be a part of this team? Like, in the, I now this is just theoretical, but say in theory Antonio Reeves, doesn't buy into his philosophy. I am fully okay with him hitting the transfer portal because I I like what Peyton's doing. I think he's gonna come in. He's an aggressive recruiter. He really wants to get the 200 miles, like in between St. Louis and Milwaukee. Um, you know, he he Iowa to Indianapolis. All yeah, that. yeah, all that. 
he um, recruited EJ Liddell to to Ohio State when he was an assistant there, and I'd say that's a pretty good get. I mean, he was I I don't think he was anonymous, but he was pretty close to being an anonymous first teamer for the Big Ten. Yeah, I that's gonna be a big part of it because you're as Illinois State, you are in the prime location with where you are. You're right in the center of all these big cities where you can definitely recruit a lot of these great basketball players and i mean he said he wants to bring the swagger back to illinois state basketball and i mean if if he said everything that the people want to hear so i mean he's doing a good job so far yeah and then on the other side things um isu finally found uh leah johnson's replacement as the volleyball head coach um ally matters is the new head coach from wright state um, you went to the press conference with me, which the, that press conference was so short compared to the men's basketball one. The men's basketball one was 45 minutes. That one was like 10 minutes. Did they do a meet and greet for the men's basketball? Because I think that meet and greet went for a while afterwards, too. Yeah, the meet and greet was after the press conference also. Um, but I, I like I like Allie Manners a lot. I honestly, I don't know who else they were going to gonna look at. and But I think she really... Is a great replacement for Johnson. She wants to win. I mean, they she have a lot of similarities. But she did say she didn't want to be compared to her. She wants to do it her own way of winning. But, I mean, she has the success just like Leah Johnson did when she was coming in. Yep. She Two NCAA tournament appearances for Wright State. Uh, back-to-back years. They Missed did. the tournament last year. They kind of had an early exit in the Horizon League championship, or tournament. And it's hard to get an at-large bid out of the Horizon League of all conferences. Yeah. I like her so far. I like her mentality. Um, something I took away from her press conference. Let me find the quote so I don't misquote her. I put it in my column that I wrote about the two. Um, this is what she said. If you haven't figured out quite yet, the most important part of my coaching philosophy is relationships. I don't think you can coach someone until you know what motivates them, what scares them, what they love most about the game. Which I, I really liked that. I think she's going to get a focus on on her players from more than just an on-court level so she can figure out, like, the proper way they need coach specifically. And another thing I liked was that she basically said, she like you said, she doesn't want to be compared to Johnson. Is she going to bring a new style of play? She wants a, a focus on the little stuff, um, with, you know, high IQ offense with, and then she said a defense that she wants to terrorize opponents and frustrate them, which I really like. Because I see wasn't a weak defensive team per se, but I wouldn't say their defense last year like terrorized people or like no. really was what won them in the game. So I feel like if they can combine the strong offense they already have with a just a standout defense, they could easily easily stay atop the valley with a with you know a head coaching change. Yeah. It's- she wants to win. I mean, she said straight up when I asked one of the questions, just, we're going to win a championship. So, I mean, that's what I do like about both these hires. Both coaches really just want to flip this, po- flip these programs. I mean, I know volleyball did already win, but they just want to continue a winning tradition there. And then Peyton, or Peyton really wants to uh, bring Illinois State back to the top of the conference for the Missouri Valley in basketball. So that's always a good thing to uh, see there for really – any fan of any school you want coaches who want to win and want to compete at all levels and i don't know about you but i've been keeping an eye on the transfer portal the last couple days and 
No ISU players have entered yet, which by this time last year, DJ Horn had entered, Dusan Horsic had entered, Dedrick Boyd had entered, Abdu Indai had entered, and Cy Chapman had all entered. Of course, Indai and uh, Chapman ended up coming back to ISU. But I would say so far it's a good sign that, you know, no, no players are really running for the hills. I would say if Antonio Reeves were to stay, that would be amazing for this program, amazing for Pete. And I think – I don't know if there's a favorite in the conference next year because I'm not saying it's Illinois State, but I will say that you have – Prem is graduating and Mosley, the way he's performing, he there's a good chance he leaves. So that – Missouri State will fall quite a bit. Uh, I loses the MVC Player of the Year in A.J. Green, and then some of these other players could stay, they could leave. Uh, Loyola, obviously, is leaving the conference. Drake, I wouldn't be surprised if that head coach, DeVries, was offered a job somewhere else. I also wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. If he stays, Tucker DeVries will stay. If he leaves, there's no chance. I think Tucker DeVries will go with him. So I think he would definitely go with him. So I think if he if they both leave, then Drake falls quite a bit. They have a lot of those... Upperclassman two, Roman Penn's gone, so I don't know who the favorite in the conference is. Uh, Murray State. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Murray State's probably the favorite there. Mm -hmm. I'd say there's no favorite that's returning, really. I think think it's anyone's game, but Murray State is... Who they face? They're number seven seed, if I'm not mistaken. They are a seven seed facing San Francisco in the first round. They, next year, they will lose a couple players, but that yeah. team is still very. They lose their best player, but the team is still very solid. So they're probably the favorite. You have Belmont joining. They're going to be up top there. Uh, Bradley will be up near the top. They have about the same team I think they had this year, and hopefully they're a little more healthy. But yeah, I think it's going to look a lot different in the NBC next year. Yeah, I think Bradley's actually going to be a very good team next year. I don't have anything else. you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. All right. Um, be sure to follow along all of our coverage in Iowa City this weekend. Game starts at 3 p.m. Central Time. Um, it is on ESPN. I think the main channel, Yeah, right? they moved it to the main channel because they're facing Iowa, and they want Iowa on big TV. So. Yeah. So be sure to follow along there. Be sure to follow on all things ISU Sports News at VidetteOnline.com. Follow our Twitter at the underscore Vidette. I'll follow our sports account also at Vidette underscore Sports. And remember, as always, stay hot, birds.